Hey there. Welcome. Welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Joe Rogan. We both joined Spotify at about the same time, and our numbers are about the same. Should be calling it the Keen of Consciousness podcast, the way I freestyle, you know what I'm saying? All I talk about on this podcast is how it should be different. That's what this podcast is about. Yeah. So uh, hopefully Mondays are a little better with this podcast, you know, ease into the week, soften the blow. Mondays, Tuesdays, when I release these. I had a great weekend, was biking in Napa. Uh, my buddy Joe has a place up there. Four of us went up and bike rode and wine tasted and beer tasted and cocktail tasted and food tasted, all within social distancing guidelines, of course. He made his own dough one night, his own dough, Joe's dough. Uh, he made pizzas and then cooked them on the patio, and uh, he complained that it was more like flatbread than dough. But I didn't notice as I rifled slices from all eight pizzas down me throat. Just amazing. Northern Cal is such bliss for me. I, I think it is for a lot of people, but I love it. Growing up in Southern Cal, it was always nice to get up there. A little more nature. A little more, um, I don't know, culturally diverse. A little softer. A little more um, refined. Could just be that the grass is always greener. The grass is greener. I can see how people never leave up there. Joe grew up down here, went to high school down here, then went to Santa Clara, interned with a company in college, and just never looked back up there. He's just been up there. He's stayed his whole time. A bunch of us from high school went to school there. I'm sorry, went there after school, and then uh, got out after a few years. Seattle, Los Angeles, wherever. Back to Orange County. But uh, he stayed the course. Just amazing. Just amazing. But, uh, yeah, we all played high school football together, and these are guys that couldn't be less like football players today in terms of uh, you wouldn't know it if you saw us. Not that we're out of shape or anything, just very well-read, you know, and balanced, not including me in that part. But, um, yeah, we do it every year. These guys' weekends are so tame. It's funny. The three of them are married, but uh, we're in bed by 9 just about every night. But it is, it is good to get up there and spend time with them and do an overhaul, reboot of your entire brain. Just a total reset, right? Nothing matters except those core relationships in life. Like we all have loved ones. People looking out for each other's best interests and such. And uh, I hope people are all over the world are doing that with their lives. Just doing the resets, you know, the reboot. Visiting friends, family, spending time alone, hiking, church, synagogue, meditation, what have you. Um, but they came up when I lived in Korea for a year, just before I started stand-up in 99, and uh, they all came over to that island I was on, Sheju. And uh, I was excited because um, I was there for a year. About six months in, they came, and I had a list ready to go of activities I wanted to do that I specifically had saved before they got there. And the first thing on there was parasailing because uh, I'd see people do that, and I'm like, oh, we got to do that. And they came and absolutely shat on that. They came and uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, that's not fun. Because at that time, we're like 25. And uh, one of my buddies like, parasailing, dude, we're 25. Have your parents take you to Hawaii when you're 12. And uh, we didn't do that. We rented scooters um, and had a great time. It was all scratched to rent scooters because my buddy Chris had been to Hawaii just recently. And he said, you know, I rented scooters there. It was fun. Let's see if we can do it here. They they rejected my parasailing plan and we rejected I didn't even know we could do that on the island, but we did. And we went, out, went around the island. It rained one day. I crashed my scooter, but it was still 
drivable. Anyway, any listeners at this point? We biked Napa. It was just great. Those back roads. You know, you try to enjoy it as much as you can, but uh, you're also concerned with, you don't know how far you're going. You don't know where you're going. Joe does because he knew the routes. And uh, I'd never agreed upon how far we went, but that's fine. But we just kept going up hills. But it was beautiful. The landscape, unreal. Some good bikes. The whole um, biking regalia, you know, that those guys wore. I did not have the padded shorts, so my tush is still sore. Um, good sore, though, not like jail. But uh, main winery we hit was Carneros. Great ad opportunity there, Carneros. And uh, so if you get a chance, you know, the grapes are really big, I guess. I have no idea. I think it's that time of year. Harvest is in August. I don't know what really that means either, kind of. But, uh, you know, they say in your life, spend time in the Bay Area. It will be the softest. And spend time in New York where it will be the hardest. No one says that. I don't know where I got that. Why did I write that down? Take this podcast with a grain of salt, you guys. But uh, they're all great guys, all with kids. One has three, one has two, one has one. I don't have any children. Um, So it's definitely out of the conversation on some fronts, but uh, no problem there. Sorry. Uh, So, yeah, I've been um, doing that for the last few days and recovering. And I had some coffee, which I shouldn't be doing. I, uh, I saw the Chappelle video, of course. We watched it actually up there at 846. Uh, it's different than Larry the Cable Guy's 846. But uh, powerful shit. Chappelle, so relevant for so long, just amazing. Naturally, there are those out there who love his comedy. But uh, draw that line once their racism is called out, you know. Or probably, why do you, why do you need to do that? Why can't he stick to comedy? Um. Just so, like so many huge sports fans over the years who um, who then don't want to accept blacks in other areas of life. It's poignant. Chappelle's thing is poignant. It's insightful. Funny. Funny where it needs to be. You know, some of these towns, man, and not just the South. Not just the South at all. That's one thing that's coming to light. These places, these markets, all of us, you know, it's okay to watch black athletes play you know, NBA, NFL, college football, wherever, right? Whatever leagues and dominate. And we be and we, and you know, we canonize them as athletes and, uh, also in the entertainment industry, but then, but God forbid, you know, they want to date one of our children or hang out with our kids or live in our neighborhoods. It's just unbelievable, man. It's like, this is still going on. Uh, and I'm finding that, uh, White women are more in favor of this Black Lives Movement cause than than uh, than white men. I don't know why why my white male heterosexuals are the last to uh, see these things. Everyone's run responsibility, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, the, that police brutality becomes about anything other than police brutality. It, it, it's just. It's line towing at this point. The justification. She's, you know, it's something we should come together on. Rodney King was 28 years ago. I mean, can we at least agree? Can we, can we have a starting point that agrees that black people have a harder path getting a fair shake on making a good life? Let's just start there and not at, oh, the left is causing riots. The left is is sending this country into the into the sea. There's no inherent desire for criminal behavior, you know? 
it's harder for blacks to follow the same life they want in America than it is for whites. That's a fact. Has to be fixed. No more time and waiting now. Why time? We spend trillions on wars. Let's take one trillion and spend it on our communities. Of all races, really, but yeah. Let's lift let's lift everything. Let's rise above it. Um sorry, a little scatterbrained as always. Uh why as white people do we think that our possessions and property and status are going to be sacrificed if black people have more. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? If black people get a fair shake, why do white people assume that means we'll get less or things taken from us? Are we that self-centered? And then we also want heaven on the back end of this. How weird would entitlement in heaven be? Okay. Um, I do want to say about cops, man. This country invests so little in overall education and healthcare for our citizenry, and then naturally there's going to be crime and poverty. And then cops are sent in to fix everything. Everything. To deal with everything when something goes wrong. That's a lot. That's a lot on them. So this mayhem isn't just the fault of cops or Trump. A lot, sure. Of course. But it's on all of us. Where do we put our resources? You can't limit communities and then go, okay, cops, just go deal with this mess. That's like the the troops. That's what we send them in. In the Middle East. It's like, what are we doing? Who's the enemy? What's the objective? Oh, no, just kind of, just monitor this as we drain the country of oil. You know, but don't talk about that because then you're anti-cop or anti-troop. Not at all. Not at all. You can't just allow wretchedness to exist and then send in a group of people that are supposed to solve all that. I'm trying to look, you know, I'm trying to look at this from the cop's perspective. I said last episode that I didn't want to just pile on. It's very easy to do. Of course, it's overfunded and needs to be defunded. And money needs to go into education, healthcare, adult training for job skills. I don't know what jobs, but it sounds good. And to middle America, man, I say this like they're like like they're listening, right? Like anybody's listening to this. This episode, by the way, is going to be called um, Power Nap, Power Napa, instead of Power Nap. Isn't that cute? Episode thirteen, can you believe that? So, but to middle America, I'd like to say this if they're listening, um, which they're not. Guys like Springsteen, Mellencamp, Willie Nelson, Bob Seger—they're not Trump supporters. They're blue collar legends and white collar. But they're common man glory, right? It's it's great. It's music I grew up on. Unreal music. You know. They're not they're not Trump guys at all. Don't think supporting Trump is American or pure or apple pie or heartland. All right. I doubt Bonnie Raitt supports Trump. I doubt Dolly Parton does. Dolly's not gonna come out and say, How fantastic is she though, man? She should be president. Don't you love when people say that? Like she'd have any interest. But Dolly would be uh, great. Just everyone loves her. Um, Garth, Kid Rock, probably more Trump followings. And they, they probably, I mean, Kid, Kid Rock for sure. Garth, I would think, does. Um, they're a little bit more commercial than those other guys. Casey Musgraves probably doesn't. Taylor Swift actually doesn't. I saw a tweet of hers that said we have to get this guy out. But we got away from Blue Collar a little bit there with, uh, with Taylor. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, we have to, uh, 
figure that out as well. Don't get caught up in it. Who knows? It's so interesting. Again, take the deal, Sonny. Make a deal with the Republicans. You can have the next two. 2020, 2024 are yours. We'll get a Republican in there uh, as long as it's not Trump. I just I fear re-election that much this fall. I'll be voting blue, but... I mean, this mess could just escalate, unless the news is just making such a big deal of it, which I don't really watch anyway. Uh, but I get my news online. I want to talk real quick about differentiating. Uh, we need to separate certain things, Trump from Republicanism. Those aren't necessarily the same thing at all. There are Republicans that don't like him, and I'm very thankful for that. Kind of like the movie Valkyrie, where, the, where some of the Germans try to overthrow Hitler at the height of the war, World War II. We're going to need more of that uh, into the fall as we build up to the election. Kind of like not all dem Democrats love hippies. You know, pro-war and American, those concepts need to be separate things. Anti-policy and anti-troop. Two different things. Lewis Black said it years ago in one of his specials. The idea that being anti-war is a bad thing. To be against murder, death, slaughter of people who live in caves. Bedouin nomadic people but they're in the way of a natural resource in their own country that we want. You disguise that as patriotism. You send troops over there with, with top technology who have no idea what they're doing over there. They get shot at, killed, maimed, messed up in the head, all in the interest of America, really, or corporate America. Fighting a culture that's so desperate that they're using children as booby traps or decoys and then either way, our troops have about three seconds to make a decision to kill them. Hmm. Lot. Lot going on. Heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Isn't universal health care, like, in the interest of Americans? Yes. The wars are not. Yet, we go over there to defend Americans? Yeah, we're defending your freedom. How about doing that here, like, with some universal health care? Well, because there's more money in those corporations. And, and the wars, uh, the war, they're not wars. The wars, uh, they're slaughters, right? Not wars. Corporate slaughters. I'm not a Democrat, not a Republican. I'm against that much money toward that much death and murder. Um, that is not being done to defend anything. Your money goes there and it goes to Israel. Meanwhile, Americans, health and schools suffer. Just facts. You know? Not a dem, not a repub. Not running it for anything. I'm an observer, man. Not trying to get listeners, clearly. Um, the military is a poverty draft, going into poor areas and recruiting, which would be fine uh, if those areas were at least on their way up. But those areas that don't need to be poor, they're kept poor. Nobody's anti-troop. Nobody, No human being ever was like, don't defend me from those people trying to kill me. I want them to kill me. How dare you stop those people from killing me? Someone criticizes the wars, the slaughters. Hear them out. They have fucking balls in this militaristic steroid country where everyone's for conquering and making money and winning arguments at all times. Someone dares be different and question our motives for war and slaughter. They have balls. Everyone's so scared, man. Stephen Crane, we read it in junior high, right? Or grade school. Stephen Crane, Red Badge of Courage. Read it again. More courage not to fight and look foolish than just go with the herd into battle to fit in 
and then die or get damaged in some way. All for the old red, white, and blue. More courage from withdrawing from battle and being labeled a coward. Vets know what I'm talking about. These people, man, that, that are the first in, to, to scream out support the troops would be the last to have your back. They scream support the troops the loudest and most frequently. Keep an eye on them. Conmen. They make good money off the current system. Would never serve in the forces themselves. Their kids would never serve. But they want to look good in the public eye, their communities. They don't give a fuck about our troops. And maybe our troops someday will understand that, our people that want to be troops. Just differentiate that. It's not black and white. So I would just want to talk about that, differentiating. Check out the last few minutes of uh, the movie Coming Home. I think I brought it up before. It's where John Voight basically gets his Academy Award. It's unreal, regardless of how he stands politically today. It's John Voight, Bruce Stern, Jane Fonda. And he closes out. He's in a wheelchair talking to kids that are being spoken to about the military. It's unreal. Also, follow Veterans for Peace. It's a group group on Facebook. We're in the middle of this episode. We're at the middle of the show. God, this is, it's got to be harder to listen to than, a, than actually doing a workout. But, um, yeah, F- Veterans for Peace is a group on Facebook. Happy to donate to them. I'm happy to donate to them, and I'm happy to donate to Wounded Warrior Projects. Of course, I don't have a lot of money, but the uh, truth is we shouldn't need those. Gross military budget should cover it. Cover them and their families for life, wearing all that shit all that equipment in the desert, not knowing where the hell to go or what you're doing there. No idea what the end game is. No visible enemy because you could get struck and you could get struck at any time. Even if you do make it back, PTSD. Rampant. 22 veterans a day committing suicide. And your life is never the same ever again. And they want you to go <clears throat> recruit the next batch from poor neighborhoods and poor high schools. So I'm telling you, man, watch that movie coming home. Watch that speech Voight gives in the end. Forget about it. Game over. When Iraq and Afghanistan started, I was like, wow, we learned nothing. Nothing from Vietnam. All those movies, all those films, all those documentaries we saw growing up and stories. Then I'm like, wait a minute, we learned plenty. Now we have two Vietnams going on. We learned how to double it. Hey, no difference to me, man. I'm not a Dem or a Repub. I'm just saying facts and how we need to not lump every damn thing into one of two categories. You can be socially liberal, fiscally conservative. I don't know why. We don't all vote that way all the time. But once once we're on a level playing field, I'd be more fiscally conservative if, if it were a level playing field. It's not. So there are major overhauls that I believe need to take place. I don't have real skin in the game. Just saying. Nobody's paying me to change any minds, believe me, which is good because I'm not making any money doing that. This is the only podcast that can lose listeners without having them first. It really is an art form. Break down those party lines, man. Figure it out. You know, if black population and Mexican population ever took the same side, they'd, you know, completely see like how much the white man has been doing and make huge strides. I don't know why Russia and China didn't collude more during the Cold War in the 60s and 70s and 80s. Break down those party lines. I like country music. I'm not a fan of far-right Christian conservatism. 
nor would Jesus Christ be. There's no white people in the Bible. Somehow the white people who live between here and where Jesus started are even more chill on Jesus than we are. Like there's some influence, like Europe's mellow, then you cross the Atlantic, then boom, a place you never step foot on is more Christian-y, quote-unquote, than where he's from. How did, how did the South in America, how did it get more Christian-y than where he's from, where, where his descendants passed through, crossed an ocean, and then it's more Christian-y here? Like, it's like the story or sentence that starts with one student and then gets whispered student by student, ear by ear, to the end of the line, and it's a very different story. That's what we've done to Jesus' message here on the other side of the planet. There's a breakdown between Jesus and, like, between Christ and Christianity, whatever Christianity is, Christ and Catholicism, whatever Catholicism is. Christianity, Catholicism doesn't necessarily mean Christ-like. I grew up Catholic. If Jesus were to walk into a church or my school, any of my schools, he'd be like, what is this? What's all the paintings, all, all the, the expensive stuff? What Part of it's because it's 2,000 years later. Part is because his message has been misconstrued. Thanks for the golden statues. Are we helping hum humanity, though? You know? Separate country music from right-wing conservatism. Open up the offense. There shouldn't be this, these direct ties. It shouldn't be automatic. There shouldn't be this categorization of every damn thing. What the hell was that? Is there a clown? Did you hear that? How helping black lives all of a sudden becomes a threat to white standard of living? You can be both. Have a heart and a conscience. Your life and values and salary aren't going to be affected by improvement of black lives. And if they are, so be it. Like, black lives are more important than your, than your standard of living. Everything's going to be better when black lives are better. Less guilt. If nothing else, le level playing field. Poverty will decrease. Crime will decrease. Race will become less and less of an issue. I mean, how did the concepts of Christian and the South and Republican states all find each other? You can be a Christian and a Democrat, right? Or no? Why is it so extreme? In my world, I guess it would be Catholic and Democrat, I guess. I don't know. Can you? How is someone American and Christian? We do terrible things all over the world. When we do help, it's only so we can get something great out of it. You know, tap into their natural resources or their economy. Were we really that into Kuwait? Or was there some kind of resource in the region that maybe we wanted? Are we really against weapons of mass destruction? Because North Korea has them. Our police have them. But being categorized into two groups, man. Take a step back and try to be a fucking human being. You mean you don't watch Fox or CNN? Ooh, neither of those? Or MSNBC? Well, then you, you, really, you really have to go. Because we need to fight it out with Fox. Now, we don't need a third person that's taking a step back from all of it and getting the bigger picture. We want to fight it out easier with Fox and MSNBC because they're as brainwashed as we are, but they believe a different set of lies but you don't believe any of it, so we, we need to collaborate to kill you first. NYPD has a $6 billion budget, 33, 33rd largest military on earth for NYPD. NYPD cops walk a beat as opposed to L.A. where it's more military style. Um, that's why I kind of, uh, 
I think it's a little bit harder for the LA situation for us to be on the same side. Um, be a human being, man. It's a big, scary world, right? Wrapping up. This should be my last podcast ever, I think. Be a human being. Um, you don't have to join some weird movement to fit in, to survive. You can just be an independent. Like Walter Matthau in that movie, Charlie Varick, The Last of the Independence. That should be the concern. Worry about being a human being. No blue or red or dem or repub or conservative or liberal. I was happy with my buddy from home, Orange County John. His name's John. Let's call him Orange County John. Republican, but went after some Trump apologists at a gathering I was at. Because Trump ain't a Republican, man. Snake oil salesman, making any deals he can to stay in office to maintain that life. To make more money and get more power and control like nobody we've ever seen. But uh, John stood up and was proud. I'll take any Republican this fall instead of Trump, and you can have the next four years, next eight years. God, I think Republicans would take that. You know, Romney, Crenshaw. Um, anyway, okay, that's a lot. Anyway, making friends, just one person's opinion. Don't listen if you don't want. Personally, going to try to uh, post more funny and friendly and positive stuff online these days instead of uh, anything acerbic. But you want to be as objective as possible and take it all in. Consider it. Consider it. Not wrong. Um, a little acerb is good. But I just want to see more crossover, more mixed-race relationships, more tolerance. Everyone's responsibility. I hope I'm doing what I can. I wonder what I'm going to do. Like a year from now, I'm going to look back and be like, I can't believe I said that or did that. But I want to keep the ignorance in there and show us, shine a spotlight on it. Trump wins, man. I don't have any interest in any more high school reunions, I'll tell you that. Because I know a lot of people from where I'm from are pulling for him. What a threat that is, huh? I'm not going to the reunion. Mom, Pat's not going to prom. Um, reunions are huge where I went to school because uh, our school was so damn fun. Our high school, man. Oh, God. Our class, the class below us, the next two classes, my sister's class. She was a freshman when I was a senior. Just unreal. I'll end up going to any reunion. I don't want to lose friends over all this. But I don't also want friends who are just blindly one way or the other. And with one way or the other, I don't mean blindly in support of black lives matter that's a fact that's i'm in support of that but uh, i was talking more damn lib there but uh, we can reason it all out and come to consensus consensus is consensi you know so i don't want to be uh, as serious in all these episodes or maybe i do some people do want to lose friends can you tell with their posts on facebook they just don't give enough but um yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry if this episode's a lot, uh, which nobody's listened to anyway. American civ but American civilians action in action means status quo continues and means terrible things for a lot of people. And this is beyond absurd. All these videos of, of black people getting abused, arrested with no response and the panic in some of these cops where the gun gets pulled and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That wouldn't happen if this person were white. Um... God, when I started this podcast, I didn't think I'd be doing this stuff. Um, it was more it was more from open time because of the pandemic. And here we are after 13 epis. Okay. Well, uh, so we're wrapping up real quick. I am, um, God, I'm reading this great book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff by Dr. Richard Car Carlson. thought I was going to say Kimball because I was nailing the voice. I'll have that done soon. Um, it's a great book, great perspective. If you're going to stress, stress over big stuff. 
That's why I started stand-up. I was equally as stressed at a small sales job that I would be at a, at a larger assignment, like getting in front of strangers on TV once in a while. But uh, Mike Ferris, buddy from high school, he, he of all people told me, when I told him how much money I was making and the hours I was putting in, he's like, yeah, that's not enough money for a job you're spending so much time at. And I was like, Mike, what? He was dead right. A year later, I was in stand-up, where you can really stress over something good. Uh, okay, cool. Let's do... Um, talk about my tweets from the last week and uh we'll see here keen's tweets of the week um last week monday i was monday i tweeted was dating a girl who lives in japan town but i don't like to talk about it because i don't kiss and saw tell cool the art's being worked on the wheels are coming off now but that's a good regional joke uh west la joke you know i don't kiss and saw tell saw tell's the name of a street on Tuesday, I tweeted uh, a few bad apples and one bad orange. And that was a good one. That, that just feels good coming off the tongue. Uh, a few bad apples, one bad orange. Because a few bad apples uh, is referring to the just the few cops that are uh, being racist. And then the one bad orange is Agent Orange in the White House. Uh, on Wednesday, I tweeted... Um, what did I tweet? Uh, cell phones... Must have cut down on cigarette use. If I didn't have this damn thing while in line everywhere, I'd be Marlboro Man and Tom Waits' baby. Yeah, I'd be those two. If if I would I would literally smoke cigarettes. I think if if so if phones were taken from me today, taken from us today, I would have to get into cigarette smoking because uh, I'm on it so much when I'm in line or whatever wherever. Um, Thursday, I tweeted, uh, War Games movie was just as much about Facebook as it was about global thermonuclear war. The only winning move is not to play. Not, because at Facebook, man, it's like you're just going to get into it eventually. And uh, the only winning move is just not to go at it with people. But uh, one of my buddies had a good point last week, and he's like, look, this country's not going to come around ever. There's going to be racists. You know, we couldn't even concede. After all those, what was it, 18 kids at Sandy Hook? 27 people were killed, 18 of them were kids. We still couldn't come around and get that fixed. We couldn't come to terms on uh, gun control. Um, and on Friday, I tweeted, it used to date a pyromaniac, but it was exhausting because every time we left the house, she worried she'd left the iron off. She left the iron off. Get it? Instead of the iron on, she left the iron off. Um, that's great. Okay, um, so this week I'll be in Las Vegas at Backstage Bar and Billiards with Steve Byrne, Gary Cannon, Monterey Martinez, 7 p.m. Pacific on uh, Friday. Facebook Live streaming free, I think. Um so check us out and that's literally the only gig oh and a week later i'll be in arizona so check that out too and uh we'll have some fun um man this week yeah it'll be fun we're driving out to vegas gary and i and uh steve and monterey um so that'll be cool so thanks for listening this is a heavy episode a lot of carbs a lot of carbs but uh a lot of trial and error a lot of trial and error i think this episode's a little sluggish but uh hopefully we're gonna know each other and hopefully I'm learning something and can deliver a better product and service to you. That's it for uh, episode 13. I'm Patrick Keen with the Keen on Things podcast. And you can find me at uh, Keen of Comedy on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. K-E-A-N-E, Keen of Comedy. Thank you. Love you. We'll talk.